0: Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy five and verse fourteen. It says I will therefore usually you check when you see the word therefore you check what it was therefore. Um, the context is, in particular, talking about widows, and that um, when widows, what if they were of a certain age, had been the wife of one man, and then their husband passed away, and there was no family um, to take care of her. Uh, the Bible exhorts the church to take care of them, um, and, and that just to be there for them Good, we'll and we'll read ahead way, we do context. Um, in verse um, in verse two, verse three, it says, Honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show the P- I- P- at home, to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable we for God. Now she is a widow indeed and desolate, and she has no family to care for, um, and she's trusted in God, and continued in supplications and prayers night and day, but she that liveth in pleasures did while well she lived, And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith. And is worse than an infant now. Yeah. Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old, having been the wife of one man. And so hereby what it says, okay, hey, if they're under sixty years old, um, you know, it is it's applied to it, you know they'd may more likely possibly get remarried and be cared for. But here it talks about if they are though well reported for of good of good words, if she have brought up children. If she have mocked strangers, if she have watched the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, but the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, have a damnation because they have cast off their first faith, um, and with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house and not only idle but tatters also and busy bodies speaking things which they ought not and, and so it's not saying for them not to get married he's just saying that you know what they're likely to get married and he exhorts them to get married um shortly thereafter it's will will there but um just talks about that you know what if there's a woman that isn't really following christ and someone that's just um becomes a busy body uh, that they're not to be taken into being cared for as far as financially by the church. It says, I will therefore that the younger woman marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. So here I'm talking to the younger woman and the younger um, widows in particular in the context, but definitely would be applicable to um, women. doesn't mean that he's telling all women to get married. We see in First Corinthians 7, talks about those that have the gift to remain single um, and to be able to give their full attention unto the Lord. But generally speaking, he says, I will therefore that the younger woman marry, bear children, guide the house. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully, for some are already turned aside after Satan. And so there's some of Some of them were being deceived. Some of them were falling after the things of the world, the things of the flesh. And uh, we see in the world that you know the Bible. What I mean, not the, Bible, the world was to convince Christians and the, the rest of the world to not follow God's plan. Um, for a wife, for a mother, but to always see everything else. And the thing is, you know, mothers do have influence, and sometimes they could sacrifice their influence for the things of the world, or we could sacrifice the world and be a good influence for the things of the Lord. And, you know, there's many different women in the Bible where we could... Learn something, and this isn't a message only applicable to mothers, but we can really, as Christians, all of us, apply some of these characteristic traits that we see in the influence of these godly mothers. Mothers, for one, should influence with prayer, like Hannah. Hannah was the one that was barren, she was childless. In um, 1 Samuel 1, 5, it says, But that he gave the worthy portion for a love Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And so this other woman would mock her for it. And she, she, she prayed for a child in verse 10. It says that she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she bowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no racer come upon his head. Come uh, up, giving them to be a Nazarite unto the Lord. And so this was one where she was just begging the Lord to give her a child. And that if, she, if the Lord gives her a child, that she would raise um, him to be a servant unto the Lord. And I believe it was around three years old or so, that he would actually begin training under a priest and learning. Uh, to be a servant of the Lord but we see she made an influence by her prayer. By her prayer we see the Lord would open up her womb. You see her prayer was answered. Verse 19 it says that they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she'd bear a son and called his name Samuel and the name itself meant because I have asked him of the Lord and that you know he was an answer to prayer and as she would give him to raise them unto the Lord there's influence in mothers praying for their children praying for their grandchildren and mothers should also influence with devotion like Ruth look at Ruth that she was devoted to Naomi that after her husband had died, and her sister's husband had died, and her mother-in-law's husband had died. Then Naomi told her, you know, go ahead and go back to your people. She was Moabites. Go back to your people. Go back after and follow your gods. You know, the Lord has dealt bitterly bitterly, um, with me verse 1 verse 16 it says, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from falling after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also if aught. But death part thee and me. And so Rufus like, No, I do not want to go back. I don't want to go back and serve those pagan gods. That I want your God to be my God. For Jehovah the Lord to be my God. And I want to follow you and be with you. And we see what she was devoted, and then we see. Um, did what she could to provide um, for her and Naomi. She gleaned in Boaz's field that um, the people were allowed to, that they could glean around the field the things that fell down there. And um, God had instructed them, um, the, the owners of land, to allow some of the stuff, some of the crops, to go to those that were in need but couldn't afford it. And um, they still had to come and do some of the work to get it, um, but um, that it would be left for them. And so she was faithful to that. It says that she re- went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hat was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was the kindred of Elimelech. We see, she was rewarded for her devotion to Naomi, her devotion. Um, to God, and then in verse thirteen it says, "So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son." And chapter four, verse twenty-one, and Solomon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. And so we see who did who, who did the did Jesus come from? It would be through the seed of David. And so we see that Ruth, a Moabitess, a Gentile, who generally speaking the Jews looked down upon and vice versa, but it was through a Moabitess that Jesus would eventually come through. So you know, technically, Jesus was partly biracial. And we see that, that, that God blessed Ruth for being faithful, for being devoted, that part of her seed would one day be the Messiah. Mothers should be interested in the word like Mary. See in Luke 10 and verse 39, it says that she had a sister called Mary, talking about Martha, right? A sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. See, Mary had a desire to hear the word at Jesus' feet. She had a desire to be there for the word. Now, Martha had a desire to serve, and to serve is a good thing. Jesus didn't say, The greatest among you shall be your servant. But it's possible to get to where we're serving, we're doing the works, but our devotion unto the person we're supposed to be doing the works for ends up lacking. And that's where Martha was. She was so busy in the kitchen done, so busy trying to get things done, that she missed what mattered the most, which was to here from the words of Jesus. Jesus told her, after Martha complained, asked, Can you send Mary to come help me? He says, But one thing is needful, and Mary have chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So she chose the good part in loving the word Mary good. She got to see that word in action. Later on, when her brother would die. John 11, verse 43. That her brother died. It's like, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But well, he goes, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he that was dead, Bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. He'd already been dead for three days. So this wasn't like someone was like, Oh, they almost died, or they lost their heartbeat, but it came back. He was dead, but dead for three days. So this Mary got to see her brother. Risen from the dead, but there should be interested in the word like Mary was. mothers should be influenced by decisions like Rebecca. Now, sometimes there's just that that faith, that trust. They that don't necessarily understand everything, but God's leading in a particular way, and you follow that. You make your decisions based on what God would have you to do. Now you know what basically with Rebecca there was an arranged marriage. Now it wasn't an arranged marriage in the point where she was forced to marry someone that she did not want to marry, but it was there was a man seeking, and then he fell in love with her, and then the parents asked Do you want to go? Do you feel comfortable going with this man? Genesis 24, 58 says, and they called Rebecca and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. So don't get the idea that, you know, sometimes people would say, oh, the Bible taught that everything was a complete arranged marriage where they had no choice. So she had a choice whether to go or not. She made the decision to go. And it ended up being the right decision. Is then she would also, from her, would be the seed of the Messiah. He called Rebekah and said unto her, "Well, her decision proved to be a blessing, as far as in chapter twenty, verse four, verse sixty-seven. And Isaac brought her unto his mother's Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah and she became his wife. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And we see her decision was for life; stayed married for life." Chapter 49, verse 31, there they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife, where they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife, and there I buried, buried Leah. But there should not influenced by faith like the queen of Sheba. 1 Kings 10:1. says, And the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She, she heard about Saul. She wanted to know, you can't he really see really all this white man as people say he is. And so she wanted not approve of, him, but she had a faith. Through faith she heard. And through faith she came. She so said she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. For faith she witnessed. And verse 7 says, Howbeit I believe not the words until I came, and my eyes had seen it? And behold, a half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity a seed of the fame which I heard. So she came. She had a hard time really believing all of it, but if she did have faith once she was able to see it. And it was through faith that she was able to witness and tradition has it that she became one of his wives. And that wouldn't be shocking how many wives that he did have, but um, we see. Um, and, and that's something God told Solomon not to do. You know, people complain, you know, in the Bible there are people of multiple wives. Um, you know, the Bible commanded them not to. He told Solomon, multiply not wives unto thyself. And so it's so amazing that some, a man that's considered so wise, would yet also make one of the most foolish decisions. Um, in his life. And that's where you see in Ecclesiastes, he talks about that, all the vanity, all, all how vain a lot of that was. And in Proverbs, you see him right there. But should be influence with an open heart, like Lydia. See, her heart was open to a prayer service. On the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was one to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted the Lydia being one of them. We see her open heart, heard the gospel. She was open to hearing the gospel, and and, and it transformed her heart. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. We need to have our heart open to the Lord. To ask the Lord to, you know, reveal unto me, you know, is there iniquity in my heart? Is there an area in my life that I need to be sharpened in? Is there something I need to be transformed to the image of Christ? And so having an open mind, an open heart, And we see that open heart end up being where she had an open home. In verse 15 it says "And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. That here she would be a help, her and her family, to the missionaries that would be coming through her area. That is, they would preach the gospel. She would help take care of their lodging. She had an open home. You know, if we really wanted to reach people in our church too, one of the ways is having an open home. You know how shocking it would be to me that some people say we have a guest over in church, and you go up to them and you say, hey, you know, we have a meal prepared at home. We would love to invite you to come on over. It helps build a connection. Helps them to know someone besides just attending a church service. To be givers of hospitality. And sometimes we like, sometimes out of shock, you'll say, Oh, you know what, today we we'll won't work out and have plans. But then it opens the door like, hey, well, maybe next week maybe sometime in the near future, but sometimes simply by you asking it make a difference. Where you can even ask them to go out to eat, and you know you're welcome to also, for a fellowship hall, you know, like say, hey, you know what, say you know a place where you know you feel comfortable having them come over, you have the fellowship hall, or like say if you live far away and you wouldn't be able to drive that far, you're welcome to use the kitchen and the fellowship hall um, to minister to people on Sundays. But there should influence in worship. You see that like the woman of Canaan. Matthew 15, 22. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same house and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Came unto the Lord to worship the right person, to beg for mercy, to ask for mercy for her daughter who was possessed with the devil. She came to worship in a time of need. To then came she and worship him, saying, "Lord, help." and brave about her daughter. She was rewarded with her faith and her worship. Matthew 15 28 says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, Great is thy faith. Be unto, it, uh, th- be unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Again, you see the power of this came begging the Lord please heal my daughter that's so what she had faith that he could do it and it was with that faith it was rewarded. maybe there's those people that you just pray you hope they'll come to know Jesus pray with faith pray believing Jesus said ask and ye shall receive Ask me, and you shall receive. And as sometimes we receive not because we ask not, or because we believe not, we lack faith. So, mothers, fathers, grandparents, understand you have influence. It could be good, it could be bad. I want to be an influence of good. And as far as being modeled after that of Jesus Christ, being in prayer, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Children, honor your mother, honor your father. That's the one thing the Bible says there's the first first commandment with promise to honor thy father and thy mother. And God says, I'll give thee a long life on earth. Honor Not to me and was given a promise attached. But that command, given that you honor your father and mother, I'll give you a long life on earth. case one want to live a long life? talks about not despising thy mother, thy father. Bible woman says that the eye that mocks his father, his mother, that you know in comparison with this Gali is that eagles will pluck those eyes out. But a God will chase and those that despise their parents. But he'll reward those that honor their parents. Kids, don't make your mom cry every day, okay? Don't make her pull off her, her hair. Let's pray. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would bless the families as they Maybe go and spend time with their mothers. And I know some of their mothers are already with you. Um, they're already with the Lord. But may they have a good time remembering their mother and, and who they were. Their love for them and we just pray Lord that you would help us to minister to those that maybe are fatherless or motherless Um, maybe it's fostered or uh, um, adoption or just maybe them in the church and maybe they have their father or their mother here but not the other and maybe we as a church Lord be able to help fill um, in some of that gap as far as being the godly and